Welcome to the Middle Management Podcast, sponsored by Aptitude Management, an Australian-based corporate training organisation. During this podcast, we discuss everything to do with leading and managing others, from new and seasoned supervisors, frontline management to mid-level leadership. We've got you covered. Your host for today is Colin Dubb. Hi there, and welcome to episode 11 of the Middle Management Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Dubb, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about managing for higher performance. Now, managing for higher performance is something that you can do both passively as well as proactively. Now, when I say passively, what I'm alluding to is the fact that the way that you conduct yourself as a manager and and everything that we talk about on this podcast will allow you to naturally become a stronger leader. And I would say that is the passive side of managing for higher performance, because ultimately, as a leader, you're respected by your team. And when I talk about proactively managing performance, going through a set of stages or a series of steps that will help you in managing performance. So today we're going to be looking at managing for high performance, as well as discussing the shared management model. So we've got a good episode laid out for you today. Let's get into it. One of the areas that many leaders struggle with is helping staff members improve their performance. Now, we are very good at identifying the things that people do wrong or the gaps in their performance, but we may not be as good at recognizing their success. So for example, if you complete a project and 90% of that work is exceptional, what a typical leader or manager tends to do is ask you why you missed the other 10%. Instead of looking for gaps and managing performance from a negative perspective, I would like you to think of your job as a leader as one to help people do more and to do better. So empowerment means that leaders make sure that people, they have what they need to do their work, yet still being accountable for what they do. Often leaders will congratulate themselves when things are going well. You see it all the time. You know, this, this worked out very well. Look, it's me. I'm a hero. And then what they do though, is look for people and outside factors to blame when things are not going so well. Oh, it's not my fault. It was my team. This is unfortunate and a sign of how our egos can stop us from truly being effective. You know, I, I mentioned quite a lot of books that I like to read and one particular book written by, it's quite one now, Jim Collins. Uh, it's his best-selling book. It's good to great. So I highly recommend that. In this book, he talks about what he calls humility in leaders. And he says that humility allows a leader to realize that it's not about him or her, that leadership is about making sure that people, they have what they need in order for them to do their best work. And humility is demonstrated by action and not the self-serving kind of actions either. Humility is doing what needs to be done without all the, uh, you know, cause the fanfare and the pizzazz. Essentially, what the shared management model does is it removes the entire task and responsibility from the manager, and what it rather does is divides the responsibility between the manager and the employee. So in other words, a good manager is taking the responsibility overall, but also allowing and through empowering employees to take their own responsibilities. But just to reemphasize... As I mentioned in the first part of this podcast, you as a manager, as a leader, my friend, the buck, it always stops with you. 
if things don't go well, even though you've been utilizing the shared management model, you are still ultimately responsible. One of the manager's main roles is to ensure that everyone knows what is considered to be a good job and what the employer needs to do in order to be more successful than they already are. So they need to have a bit of a roadmap and some clear guidelines and identifying performance competencies and setting goals or targets is one of the best ways to accomplish this. What this does is it binds a person to a standard of performance and they know what results are expected. You see, if individuals are unaware of what a good job is and they don't understand what they need to do to become more successful, then they will be unable to do anything different. And so it's going to be very challenging for you to improve employee performance. So the shared management model, it's, it's basic to follow. And I think that the best things in life should be easy to follow. It's just because something's complicated doesn't necessarily make it any better. And so the shared management model, essentially there were three steps and I'll cover those steps in greater detail. But first of all is phase one, which is called preparation. Phase two is activation. And phase three is ongoing evaluation. Phase one, preparation. Preparation is about getting the employee ready for the job. And again, in case you missed this, this is your responsibility as a manager. Okay, so what do you do for preparation? Ultimately, you help the employee establish long-term objectives and goals. And equally as important, if not more importantly, is actually clearly communicating to the employee what the objectives and goals are that the organization has for them. So in other words, this is what we expect of you. This is what we hope for you to achieve as a valuable member of our team. And again, about managers and leaders taking full responsibility, you need to ensure that the necessary supports are in place for them to carry out these objectives. There's no point in saying, this is what we would like you to do on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis. However, there's no support for you. We don't actually give you the support in order to go ahead and do it. That, that is no good. So you need to ensure that the supports are in place and that you have to identify and satisfy any needs of training that the employee might have, any gaps in their skill sets. So the activation stage, phase two, this is what we call a kind of in the moment kind of phase. And the activation stage concerns itself not with work that must be done as in preparation, but now the work that is currently getting done. Okay. So think about this. The only person who can manage immediate performance is the only person present when conducting the work. And that is your employee, hence the shared management model. And they have responsibilities as well. Okay. When you induct them into your team, communicate clearly with them their shared responsibilities. Tell them that they are determining their immediate objectives, that when they are in the middle of work, they are responsible for the following. Building a performance supportive attitude towards their team members, managing on-the-job activity, providing themselves some form of on-the-job motivation, looking for and identifying barriers that may stand in the way of them getting their job done, and then taking the next step and removing those barriers whenever possible, and ultimately recognizing on-the-spot opportunities for their own performance enhancement. It is the employee alone who has the authority, the opportunity, and the primary responsibility for managing immediate performance. 
And finally, phase three of the model is the ongoing evaluation, the after the job phase. And this phase focuses on the question of now what has been done and any training or coaching that occurs in this phase, it's a lot more subtle than initial on-the-job training. This is about remedying any gaps in performance. Ongoing observation is the trigger for any decisions taken at this phase. So as a successful manager, if I have good professional relationships with my team members, I am regularly conducting one-on-one conversations with them. I'm regularly giving them feedback. When I'm actually having a evaluation meeting, I am very comfortable and confident to point out performance gaps, to give them feedback on what challenges I see occurring, and then to have a constructive and productive conversation regarding what we can do to further enhance performance moving forward and throwing in any extra types of training or coaching that may be appropriate and needed at this stage. Ultimately, at this stage, it flips back to the manager's responsibility. They have the primary responsibility for giving effective feedback and identifying strengths and weaknesses. It is the manager's role to ensure that activities and results are monitored and then to activate any kind of reward or further performance management systems that the organization may have in place for your team. Thank you for listening today. Your host was Colin Dubb. The content shared is a small example of what we cover in our management courses. Aptitude Management offers both in-person and online courses for individuals or organizations who need team training. Furthermore, all Aptitude courses are conducted through our program framework consisting of workshop booking consultation, trainer-led skills gap analysis, tailored participant training plan, and post-workshop coaching. If you are interested in finding out more, please visit the Aptitude Management website at www.aptitudemanagement.com.au. Stay tuned for our next episode.